Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. Album for the Day, October 14th, as we continue with UK Week and specifically our monthly theme of number one squared, albums that were number one at the same time as a single by the same band. Today we focus on The Beatles, Abbey Road, which on November 29th of 1969 was number one with Come Together. It was recorded February 22nd of 1969 through August 20th at EMI, Olympic, and Trident Studios in London and released on September 26th of 1969 by Apple Records. It is the 11th studio album by the Beatles. It has sold 31 plus million copies worldwide and is 12 times platinum in the U.S. And it's, yep, and it's worth all of those. It's, it's amazing. So it was recorded on eight track reel to reel machines rather than the four tracks of previous albums. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely tell the difference. Yeah, there's, there's a depth and a sonic quality to this warmth and the warmth is due to the fact that this is the first and only Beatles album to be entirely recorded through a solid state transistor mixing desk Um, it has 24 mic inputs (laughs) 8 tape outputs and they were used to using 8 mic inputs 4 tape outputs yeah. So and all you, of those possibilities. Yeah, you give this band and George Martin that that big of an upgrade, this is what you get. Unlike the previous one, too, this desk had a compressor and an EQ built into each channel. So really the possibilities are endless. endless. Yeah. Um, two guys that assisted on the engineering of note, Alan Parsons <laughs> yeah. and John Curlander. You know who he is? Mm-hmm. He scored the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> and you can hear it all over Abbey Road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. 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 But I think that side two may be the most perfect side of any record ever made. Like, if you're just going with, like, sides of a record. I think it's definitely, and we used to we used to play the "Give me your top five this or that" game back and forth all oh, the time. All the time. Um, top five sides of a record, it's in there. It's in there. I'm not going to say where it's at, but, but it's there. Yeah, for it's, sure. Yeah, I would I would agree because it's it's that thing where it would go up and down with me. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's my mood, there, dude. But it's on there. But it's in the five. The I five mean, just changes based on my mood. Starting with "Here Comes the Sun," mm. and then Delicious. "Because," into the medley. Uh, into Her Majesty is just, you know, it's... So the cover art was designed by John Kosh, the Apple Records creative director. It's the only UK original Beatles album sleeve to not have the band name or the album title on the front cover. They thought it wouldn't sell. (laughs) Like, dude, it's the Beatles. What are you thinking? Everybody knows who we are. Yeah, it's just so stupid that they would think that. Um, Oh, record company. But they also gave them 10 minutes to shoot the cover. Yeah. So this photographer... At 11.35 a.m. So this photographer gets up on a ladder, and they're like... 
go. There's a cop standing behind him holding traffic while yeah. he's standing on the yeah. stepladder. So the, you got 10 minutes, Chester. Yeah, so the band, you know, walks across, and, like, there's a whole story of why they're dressed the way that they are. The suits were designed in a way so that John Lennon is in the front in a white suit representing God. Um, uh, Ringo is second in a black suit rec- representing the preacher. Uh, Paul McCartney is third, barefoot, and in a kind of a cheaper suit representing the dead and George Harrison is in like this denim every man kind of as shirt and whatever as the undertaker the the guy who's going to bury him and that goes with the whole Paul is dead Paul is dead kind of thing whatever um but it is even for the Beatles this is a great album cover it's it's really special they only got 6 Six photos shots. out of that 10 minutes yeah. and that's what they had to pick from and they yeah it's so amazing it debuted in the UK at number 1 for 11 weeks and then let it bleed by the rolling stones jumped up for one week mm-hmm. and then abbey road took back over for six more weeks and then led zeppelin 2 jumped in and I mean, if you're going to get bumped from number one, those are two pretty good ones to those do are it from. Two solid, solid choices. So in the U.S., it was number one for 11 weeks. Here's a good one for you, though, since we're doing math today. Uh, Japan, it was in the top 100 for 298 weeks during the 1970s. What? That's almost six years. Wow. That's a long time. And I think it's really funny because Japan doesn't follow the same kind of trending as the Uh, UK or Europe or anything like that. Something will be like lighting the entire universe on fire. And Japan will be like, we're going to go gold and stay here. (laughs) Okay, Japan, you guys are cool, whatever. (laughs) So George Harrison borrowed the idea for something from James Taylor, who was signed to Apple Records at the time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say the songs are that similar. I think he more like borrowed the concept of something in the way she moves, which is That's... the name of James Taylor's song. Mm-hmm. So just take off the prepositional phrase and you'll be fine, George. Exactly. It's it's a great song. Love that song. Yeah, it's probably one of the Beatles' best songs that they ever well, did. Well, Paul said it's his favorite George Harrison song, and John Lennon said it was his favorite on Abbey Road. Yeah, he said it was the greatest love song ever written. Indeed. And I, that's big praise coming from John Lennon. God knows he wasn't a praising fellow. No, no, he's kind of a jerk, but... No. You know, I'd never met him, so I he was probably... He probably would have been nice to me because I'd have been a stranger, but like if he if but I also wasn't recording music with him. I bet he if I came in and played a G when I was supposed to play a C, I bet he'd been like you. <laughs> You're not playing. You're it the off way. to the Plastic Ono <laughs> band. Exactly. <laughs> Get out of uh, here. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's no no denying the talent, the songwriting, the musical ability of any of these guys. I mean, this is just, you know, the Beatles is one of those bands that they just don't stop. No. I mean, they recorded everything that they did in a six-year window, which is just, it's unbelievable to me that that 
you could come up with this, these creative of albums and these different of albums and do it all in a six-year window. They it's really just, provoke a lot of interesting questions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some in some ways I would say they they bring up more questions than they answer. But I think um, that's part of the mystique. It is. You know? I mean, can you explain to me how I'm supposed to understand what an octopus's garden in the shade is? Have that pause any, says to I, me, I no. Will, I will. I will explain. <laughs> Have you done any drugs today? No. There you go. <laughs> Ringo, Ringo, feeling, Ringo. I have a feeling Ringo did. I love you, Ringo. You're a great guy. <laughs> this was his second song that he wrote, um, even though George kind of assisted him with the melodic structure of it. And I think it's a cool song. I love it. It's it's nonsense, but so are a lot of other number one hits. Well, and it's his voice that's not totally that that was sells number one. It. His voice sells it. It's just that cool. I sound so, like I'm underwater well, having fun right well, now. But it's so different right. than the other guys singing that it's just like, oh, what's that? It's more leisurely. Uh, yes, yes. Um. Here comes the sun George wrote while he was in Eric Clapton's garden after a uh, big band fight, Mm. and John Lennon did not play on it. He was recuperating after a car accident. Mm. Uh, I Want You, She's So Heavy, aside from being the second longest track ever for the Beatles, John wrote about Yoko. Obviously, that was not a literal interpretation. She is was at the time one of the tiniest people I've ever seen in my life. So she's so heavy is definitely a play on words, right, Jay? Definitely. Okay. I feel better now. <laughs> Maxwell's Silver Hammer was nobody's favorite song but Paul, apparently. It's probably one of my favorite Beatles songs ever. Um, apparently nobody could do it the way Paul wanted them to do it. So they had to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. That'll drag on you. That'll drag on you for sure. In the meantime, they got Mal Evans again, the uh, roadie guy in there, to play Anvil. Hmm. Tink, tink. (laughs) No, no, no. Make it sound more like Maxwell's silver hammer. Hammer. Hammer that hammer. Yeah. Here comes the hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> so the end has the only drum solo from Ringo ever from the Beatles. Wow. Uh, 54 seconds into the song, there's 18 bars of lead guitar, two by Paul, two by George, two by John. And then the sequence is repeated because they said they were going to trade off. And I guess they just came up with a sequence. And it's real interesting when you listen to the end and you know that and you listen to it, you hear Paul, George, John, Mm -hmm. back to Paul, George. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her Majesty almost didn't make it in because Paul didn't think it flowed. It was in the middle of the medley, the long one, the second side, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And he said it didn't fit in between Mean Mr. Mustard and Polytheme Pam, which I would agree it does not fit there. I disagree with that. I think it's great. I think you. I think if you take something away from it, it changes what it is, and that is what it is. Is uh, it, it, it what may- it is now is better than what it was when Her Majesty was in the middle of that trash. Mm. 
it's better as the little P.S. at the, at end, the end where it wasn't even supposed to be. And Paul told him to cut it, but he mm-hmm. put 20 seconds of dead tape in there and left it at the end. <laughs> it got mastered, and the band was like, hmm, that's not bad. I like it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, uh, album for the day today, uh, October 14th, is Abbey Freakin' Road by the Beatles. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at album the number four the day. Uh, give us a follow, subscribe uh, wherever you listen, um, and support us via the listener support option to gain access to additional bonus content. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. Octopus's garden. <laughs> if you're listening on Spotify, after starting the podcast, you can search for the album, use the three dots, and hit add to queue. Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woo!